priceless gifts that money can't buy. Well, I can tell you one of the first is the gift of time, creating memories with your children. The next priceless gift is teaching your child the value of spending time with God. In the novel, A Few Minutes with God, written for children and teens, the story unfolds about a struggling family and the gift of hearing God and the outcome, which is a wonderful blessing from the Lord. Your children will want to pray and spend time listening to God after reading this book. Visit MediaAngels.com for more information. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Do you want a more intimate walk with God? Are you tired of trying to hear God and hearing only silence? Each week, your host, Felice Skirwitz is prepared to inspire you and equip you on your journey towards deepening your relationship with God. Listen, hear, and follow the Lord's will in your life, and you will be blessed. Hey, friends, and welcome. This is episode 243, and today our topic is the power of words. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I am so blessed to be doing this episode today. You know, words have such power, and they come to life in the Gospels and the healings of Christ, as well as the way he vanquished evil. But we can use words as well, and that's what I'm going to share with you today. This episode is sponsored by Media Angels. You can go to MediaAngels.com and check out the books, One More Child and A Few Minutes with God, as well as the Truth Seekers Mystery Series. Well, I'm sure you've heard about the power of words, and even outside of Christian circles, we hear about the power of words. Did you know that positive thinking and self-help books are among the highest ranking books in sales? There are so many things that are, you know, talked about, like building up your own self-esteem. And we're told that if you talk positive words to yourself, that is good for your health. Well, words are used in so many things. They're used in this podcast to tell stories and books, conversations, and words bring us knowledge. But even though words are powerful and can bring us knowledge, that doesn't necessarily mean they bring wisdom. I learned in church the other day as a pastor was speaking about wisdom and we're in the book of wisdom in the Bible, but wisdom is a gift of God. It is the gift that the power of words comes from. The fountain of wisdom is reading, studying, and understanding, and taking the scriptures, the word of God, to heart. It allows our faith to be strengthened. The Bible is called the Word of God, and the Bible has power. Hebrews 4.12 states, The Word of God is living. Indeed, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the point where it divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts of the intentions of the heart. We see the power of words when we read the book of Genesis. God spoke the word into being. With God's word, the seas were parted as Moses crossed. 
and the Israelites were taken out of Egypt. With the words of Christ, demons were cast out, and people were healed, not only of their sins, but of their illnesses. But words can be used for evil. We see the effects of evil words in our world today, with the difference between what is true and what is false, yet we are told that what is false is true and what is true is false. Often the words we hear are confusing, and the truth is blurred beyond recognition. Yet, if we are filled with the light of Christ, if we have faith and allow the Lord to work through us, we will have discernment. In other words, we'll know that right is right and wrong is wrong. Have you ever listened to something and thought, am I the only person who hears this and thinks this is just ridiculous? I think there's even a country music song to that effect. But if we know God's word and we study scriptures, we can arm ourselves with the knowledge that truth only comes from God. In fact, the evil that used to be hidden beyond the shadows is now front and center in the open. When the enemy feels threatened, he becomes bold. And while Christians protest, the, the evil continues. In Romans 5.20, we read, But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And we have to hold on to that when the enemy thinks he's strong and he's winning. We know that the battle has already been won, and we know that God has won that battle. The thing is, God knows our heart, and we cannot fool God. He knows the intentions of our heart, and often these intentions spill over into what we say. Changes can happen with the power of words, which can be positive or negative, with overwhelming consequences. If we're not informed, if we don't study God's word, if we do not realize the power that our words have to lift up or to damage others, often the ones we love the most, we can be used as an instrument of evil, but we can also be used in a mighty way for the glory of God. And that's what we need to do. I feel that as Christians, many of us fall short of that mission. Words are in prayers. Words are in praise when we sing. It's like we're praying twice. We must begin by acknowledging that words have power and that a spoken word can heal. I've seen it. I've seen prayers answered. Words are a gift from God. We can read the word of God in the scriptures and learn. We can use his word to tell others the good news. You and I have a responsibility, and we must understand that our words can cause serious damage again. You know, I used to um, hear people reprimanding their kids, and I would think, gosh, that is so harsh. And then days later, I would find myself doing the same thing. Maybe I was in the safety of my own home and not in public, but I really caught myself thinking, words have such power, and we need to be careful. You know, we um, we work with couples, my husband and I do, and um, these are engaged couples. And so, um, you know, when we're working in our mentor program, one of the things that I talk about is character assassination. And that is something we need to avoid, where we're, instead of saying, you know, your husband, for example, squeezes the toothpaste in the middle. And you would just say, gosh, you're so stupid. Can't you realize that, you know, you need to do it at the end? Well, those kinds of things are just hurtful. And, 
you know, I really am sensitive in that way and would never just say something like that to someone. So I guess I'm more sensitive about that. But, you know, I've heard it before, you know, and, and just people who love each other are just so rude to each other. And just instead of, you know, our solution was always because I'm the one who squeezes from the middle, and I don't even consider it. Um, you know, just getting each each other's, you know, just get your own to- toothpaste, you know, it's not that hard. There's ways around things, but just, you know, not, you know, assassinating each other's character, in other words. And, um, and so that's important. That's something we need to realize. That's something we have to focus on. And we can ask the Lord, you know, Lord, show me ways that I have offended you. Show me ways that I have offended or hurt someone I love. Ask those you love, those that you are around, are there any ways that I offend you with my words? And that's something we can do. We can start with our own family. I always love to say that start at home before we can go evangelize the world. We need to start at home. And I think that comes from reading something at one point about um, a pastor who, you know, saved so many souls, but his own family you know, was, was floundering and, you know, his, his children had some major issues and a lot of it was because they felt abandoned by their father. So we want to start at home. Even if you have a mission from the Lord, we want to begin at home. And so that's one of the things we want to do. We want to encourage each other with words. In fact, Good and true words are often shut down, or the new buzzword, as we've heard, is the word canceled. And how can truth be wrong? Well, it can't. But if people, good people, don't stand up, then it's something that we're doing out of fear, and we do not want to be fearful. So what do we do? We arm ourselves with a two-edged sword. We arm ourselves with wisdom. If God is the giver of truth, the giver of wisdom, which is freely given, we read in Scripture— We should begin by asking for this grace, similar to what King Solomon did. If you look in the Bible, you will find the word wisdom all over the place. You know, the book that I always say, you know, read the entire book, but King Solomon, um, you know, when you read the book about his, his life and some of the things we see that, that. The kings were such a fallen people, you know, like even when we look back at Abraham and Sarah, when we look back at, um, you know, Jacob, and we look back at, you know, Esau and, and, and just the lives of the lineage of Christ, right? Because this was the lineage of David, and that's where the lineage of Christ originated. But when we look back um, at are really the founders of our faith, we see such a broken people and we see what God can do, what he can take out of the ashes and what can he do for us? Well, Solomon prayed for wisdom. And if you know, um, you know, this, this account in the scriptures, uh, we read about it in first Kings five twelve. the Lord gave Solomon wisdom, just as he had promised him. There was a peace between him Hiram and Solomon, and they made a covenant with each other. We further read, and I'm just going to paraphrase because it's really long in the scriptures, but there were two women who went before the king, each claiming to have given birth to a child. So they asked King Solomon to decide which of them was a true mother. Well, Solomon recommended cutting the baby in half and giving one half to each. 
And we read that the true mother said, oh, no, no, give the child to the other. And the king knew who the true mother was because she wanted her child to live and the other didn't care. So following this discourse that we read 1 Kings 4.30, the wisdom of Solomon was even greater than of the wisdom of all the men of the east and the wisdom of Egypt. And why was this? Because God is a giver of wisdom. King Solomon asked, and God delivered. As broken as he was, God blessed him. We read the wisdom of God in the words of men throughout scriptures, and when it is stated, it is followed by the actions being just and righteous, and those listening were filled with awe. James 1.5 says, If someone among you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. We don't want our words to be empty. We don't want them to be sounding like a gong. Again, another scripture. Throughout the scriptures, we read about wisdom in the book of Judith. Judith 11.23 states, Not only are you beautiful to behold, but you are eloquent in your wisdom. If you do as you have promised, your God shall be my God. Furthermore, you shall dwell in the palace of King Nebuchadnezzar, and you shall be renowned throughout the entire world. Again, wisdom is given by God in word and deed that's followed through. All through Job, we hear about wisdom. There is even a book of wisdom in scripture. Probably one of the most quoted verses in the book of Job is Job 28, 28. And then he declared to man, the fear of the Lord is wisdom and to turn from evil is understanding. We need to take that to heart. And if we truly have that wisdom that we crave, that the Lord gives us, we will be able to use our words to encourage others, to bless others in prayer. Psalm 2730, the mouth of the righteous man utters wisdom and his tongue speaks what is right. So friends, how are you going to use this in your life? First, pray to the Lord and ask him for wisdom. Something simple like, dear Lord, Give me the gift of wisdom and the discernment on how to use it. Friends, this prayer is just the beginning. By asking the Lord, we're opening our hearts to his will and his providence for us, our lives and the lives of those we touch. Then, as we're filled up, we can pour out into others. We ask the Lord to help us with our family, to help us with our neighbors, and those we come into contact with each and every day. A friend of ours, a doctor, would pray for his patients, but first he asked the Lord if he should pray. Sometimes he would feel a gentle nudge from the Lord in his spirit to pray, and sometimes not to ask. Some people would not only be open to prayer, but most came for medical treatment and not spiritual treatment. Yet in his years of practice, God was still using him in a powerful way. How will you use the words that you have? Only you can decide. The power of words begins with God's word, and it ends with us being open to do God's will. I challenge you this week to pray for wisdom and the power to use words for the glory of God. May you be blessed this week and always. Thanks for listening to the podcast, A Few Minutes with God. Please visit Fleece on our website, 
afewminuteswithgod.com and your podcast page on afewminuteswithgodpodcast.com. There you will find the show notes for today's episode. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.